0: All right, I'm going to need some energy from you guys this morning. I don't do this very often, and it is completely uncomfortable, but incredible for me to do. I'm excited about all these people here in the front row because I can get some eye contact, some feedback, but... My name is Shayla, I'm Pastor TJ's wife, and he asked me to share this week on James 3, which is the power of our words, and how our words can affect people and our lives in so many different ways, and so I just want to start off this morning by telling you maybe a little bit about myself, and I'm the oldest of six kids, four girls and two boys, In my family, if you can imagine four girls in one house, plus my mom, my dad, my brothers were going crazy. I mean, it was always like emotions are up here, and it's just craziness in a family where there's four girls. So anyways, you can imagine growing up in a house with six kids, the arguing, the fighting, the biting, the scratching, the, you know, I don't know, we were just ridiculous and crazy when we were kids and you know, I remember when I would argue with my sisters all the time and they would say some mean and some really hurtful things and I had my own kind of comebacks and maybe you guys have heard this one before and if you have, you can kind of join along with me but then they, when they would say mean things to me, I would be like, sticks and stones, they break my bones but words can never hurt me. Nobody's heard that before. I made it up? (laughs) Come on, you guys. Well, you know what, it is so true. And I think so many times we go back and, and we dwell on these words and we say those things in our own lives and we tell ourselves that words don't hurt us. They don't affect me. They don't do anything to me in my life. But the first part of that sentence, that sticks and stones may break my bones is so true because sticks and stones, they do break our bones for weeks and maybe for months. But words break our soul for years and sometimes even decades. And the things that, that, the word is so powerful. And when people speak things into our life, sometimes it is so defeating for us. And I've had multiple conversations even this week with people who have said, when I was a child, my dad said this to me. And there's so much insecurity even in their adult life because of one thing that somebody said to them as a child or in their youth. And there's so many things that come up and the things that we, we drag into our life because of the words that people have said to hurt us. And you know, even though sticks and stones break our bones and words will never hurt us, the power of words and how they pierce and as they hurt and as they break is so real in our lives right now. And even on the other hand, words cannot hurt, hurt us all the time, but they can also help us. They're useful for building up, for an encouraging, for motivating, for um, encouraging people in their life to move forward. They can transform us because our words are powerful. In Proverbs eight twenty one, it says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I want everybody to stick out their tongue. Now I want you to grab your tongue. I want you to repeat after me. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Okay, now turn to your neighbor. Stick out your tongue. Grab your neighbor's tongue. Just kidding, don't do it. Some of you guys were about to do it. That's nasty. (laughs) Anyways, the tongue, our words have life and death. The power of our words can speak life or they can speak death. And you know what? Meaning our words have the power to be life-giving or they have the power to be life-taking. They can be constructive or they can be destructive. Our words are powerful. And if you guys are gonna hear me probably say that about 20,000 times this morning because I want you to understand the strength and the power behind your words in your own life and in the lives of other people. So think about this. God created the world, how did he do it? What did he do when he was creating the world? He spoke, exactly. He spoke, he said, let it be, and there it was. Words can create and words can destroy. Words can heal, but words can also bring pain and they can hurt us. There is power in the words that we speak. Look at Proverbs 12:18. It says, "Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing." Our words can pierce, but they can also bring healing. Proverbs 15:4 says, "But a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit." You know what, the chances are that many of you guys in your life, if you look back, you can find some different time when somebody probably said something to you that was crushing, that tore you up inside, that defeated you. Somebody's hurtful words that maybe shaped how you looked at a situation or, or how you responded in a situation. Sometimes words are extremely toxic in our life. You know what? It can be something that's relatively simple, ladies. You probably understand this one. Somebody comes up to you and says, "Girl, do you mean to do that to your hair?" And you're like, "Oh my gosh!" It kind of just sinks this fear into you of like, "Oh my gosh, do I look like a fool? What's wrong with me? What, What does my hair look like?" And it just kind of freaks us out sometimes. But it's sometimes those simple, simple words. Or maybe it could be someone says to you, "Now, why aren't you married?" By your age, I thought you'd be married by now. And you feel totally crushed and totally defeated because it's something that you're dealing with in your life and somebody just reinforced that with their words. Maybe it's something a little more pointed, like somebody says, well, I found somebody else. I never loved you. Or why aren't you more like your brother or your sister and can't you do anything right? You're such a disappointment to me, I wish I never had you. Words have the power to destroy our life. But on the other hand, there's life-giving words, and there's encouraging words like, you're incredible, I don't even know how you just did that, but that was awesome. And you're my dream husband, or you're my dream wife, and if I had the opportunity, I would marry you all over again. I love you, you're valuable to me, you are an answer to my prayer that I've been praying for a long time. There can be life-giving words that, that build us up and encourage us and begin to transform our life. So we're gonna talk about The power of our words. And we're continuing this Essential James series. And I'm going to continue on because last week, TJ taught us about how we need to take God's word and we need to apply it to our life. We don't just need to show up at church and listen to these messages, but we need to walk out of here and begin to apply the things that we're learning to our life. We can't just say, oh, my life is not happening so good. This is happening. This is happening when we never apply the things that we're learning. So I hope that you guys, this morning, that you'll apply some of the things that I'm going to teach here today. So we're going to walk through James 3, and we're going to go through about verse 5 or 6. And I'm going to start off by saying, your words have influence. James 3, 1 and 2 says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. This is a very sobering verse. Especially for me, as I talk to many of you guys, or as I'm out in the community, or I'm talking to people, or I'm providing counsel, or the wisdom that God's given me in life, and as I'm sharing this with other people, I'm accountable for the words that I am speaking to them. And... It's, it's just extremely, extremely important that I'm careful with the words that I'm giving out. And I take it very seriously because you know what? One day I will stand before God and I will have to take account for the words that I said and the things that I taught and how we led this church. TJ and I will stand before God. So this is something that is hugely important for me in my life. Even in preparing this message, it was messy. Because this is something with I struggle with a lot in my life is words and how I speak and things like that. And I have the responsibility to stand up here and teach or speak on behalf of God and what he's placed inside of me. And that's a little bit scary. How many of you guys want to be a pastor and stand up here and preach? Okay, one guy. Awesome! Let's talk to you after service. <laughs> but here's the deal. I hope you guys realize that I'm not the only one accountable for my words. It's not just the people that stand up here behind the pulpit or preach a message or teach something. You will be accountable for the way that you use your words to influence the people that are in your life. And that's what James is saying. He's saying, you will be accountable before God according to your level of influence. And parents, that's a sobering thought, because your kids are listening to every word you say, and you are accountable for what you teach them and also what you don't teach them. So I want to ask you guys, what are you saying to your kids? What are you doing to build them up? Have you ever had your kids, you know, you're listening to a conversation they're having and they're repeating something that you've said to them and you just kind of cringe, like, did I just hear that? I just said that the other day and it kind of freaks you out a little bit. Our words weigh a thousand pounds with our kids because they're listening. We are influencing them and you are accountable for how you influence your children. Teenagers, you guys are accountable. Have you ever been in that position where you're inviting someone to a party knowing good and well that all hell is going to break loose at that party, but you're inviting them anyways? You're accountable for how you use your influence in that situation. You're accountable for those things. And I hope you guys understand what I'm saying is you guys are accountable according to the level of influence that you have in other people's lives. So you have to be careful how you're using those things because one day, you're going to stand before God, and you're going to be accountable for the words that you spoke. And it's an extremely sobering thing. Another thing that our words do is our words determine our direction in life. James 3, 3 and 4 says, We put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We have control over everything that we, they do. The same thing is true for ships. They are big and are driven by strong winds, yet by using small rudders, pilots steer ships wherever they want to go. It goes on in verse five to talk about how our tongue is such a small part of the body, but it can do some pretty big things. I think about it like this. It's kind of like our words frame our world. The things that we say kind of shape our life and frame the world that we're living in. And God's word teaches us, like we talked before, that in the beginning, God spoke. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke it into existence. So what are we speaking into existence in our life? Your word is framed by your words. Now, I'm not saying that it's this name it claim it type of thing where you're like I spoke it into existence and now it's going to happen like I'm going to have muscles tomorrow I'm speaking it into existence and like tomorrow you show up with muscles not the case or like I love Carrie Underwood and I'm going to marry her and I'm speaking that into existence she's already married that ain't happening so it's not that that Name it, and I'm going to speak it, and it's going to happen type thing. But I'm talking about, instead of talking about how bad things are, start talking about how big your God is. Instead of talking about how unfortunate the economy is, and oh my gosh, I'm struggling financially, start talking about how God is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider, and he's going to take care of every single thing that we need. But here's the deal, you have to trust him. You have to start applying the things in your life. In order for him to supply and meet every need, we have to begin to trust him and open up our hand and allow him to do something in our finances and do something in our life. So what are you speaking into existence? Stop focusing on the things that are going wrong in your life and start focusing on the things that are going right because it's all about perspective sometimes. And it's so easy to focus on the negative things. Like, instead of saying, I'll never get that job, and I can't do this, and I'm not good at that, and I failed at this, start saying, I will, I can, I am. Start changing the words that you speak, because let me tell you this, if you want to change the direction of your life, change the declaration of your lips. If you want to change the direction of your life, change the declaration of your lips, start speaking differently about your situation, about the people that are around you. Some of the biggest decisions in your life were initiated by a few small words. I do. Changed my life. Changed some of your lives. It will probably change more of your lives eventually. Two words, changed a life. Think about the people, we moved here two years ago, and we're looking for people to help us plant this church and gather around us, and I think about those people that said yes to helping us plant this church. Changed the direction of their life. Changed mine and TJ's lives. Hopefully, is changing your life because people said yes. Our words frame our world. How about the no you didn't say? That first drink. That first smoke, the back seat of that car, the nos we didn't say, our words frame our world. So we talked, oh, a couple weeks ago I spoke and I shared a little bit of my testimony and those of you guys that weren't here, I've had a traumatic experience in my life quite a long time ago when I was about 19. and. I was raped, and I'm not going to go into the whole story of what happened and all that stuff, but I do want to tell you this. I, about a month later, my parents had really encouraged me to like go to counseling and try to figure this out, and so I was like, fine, okay, I'll go to this counselor. And I go to this counselor, and it's a Christian counselor, and she begins to tell me, she says, Shayla, it's going to be hard for you to ever love a man again, and it's going to be hard for you to ever trust a man again. And I looked at her dead in her eyes and I said, you're wrong. I will love somebody again. I will trust somebody again. And I began to speak those words into existence because I knew if I accepted what she was telling me, my life was going to be miserable. So I chose to say, you're wrong. And my life is fruit of a man that loves me and trusts me and I trust him and we're accomplishing the things that God has called us to do. But if I would have never made that decision and chose to change the words that came out of my life and what I believed, it might not be right now. Our words have so much power, and I wonder what you guys could speak into existence with the power of your words. I wonder what you could speak into existence in the heart of your children. I wonder what you could speak into your marriage by the power of your words your relationships, your families, what could you speak into existence with your words? So the next thing I want to talk about is our words, they can build up, but they can also tear down. James 3, 5 that says, In the same way the tongue is a small part of the body, but it can brag about doing important things, a large forest can be set on fire by a little flame. It does not matter how innocent our words seem. We have to be careful what we say. Just like this verse says is that a large forest can be set on fire by a little flame, by a spark. One word can trigger something in someone. You don't know somebody's past, you don't know somebody's history, you don't know those things, and one word can spark a fire inside of them to bring up old things. Or you know what, it might motivate them to do something incredible. Our words have that power, and just like a spark, it can ignite a fire within somebody, good or bad. And in Proverbs 18, 21, again, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you know what? Honestly, you guys, this is something that I really struggle with because I am quick with my words, and I can cut you so fast. Those people that know me know I'm completely sarcastic, and I will just bust on you like... Nobody's ever busted on you before. And I tend to find myself just in that place, like leaning towards that sarcastic, like I'm gonna be funny and I'm gonna joke around. And I'm... But in the end, I continue to do that and it ends up hurting. And I end up causing destruction in people's lives. But here's the other hand, the other side of it, is that God has gifted me with the incredible ability to encourage and to motivate and to see things in people that they don't even see in themselves. And you guys have those types of things inside of you and your words have the power to change not only your life, but somebody else's life. Because I don't know if you guys have ever had somebody say some word to you, some encouragement to you that just energized you and caused you to think like, I can take on this whole world because somebody just believed in me. Our words are so powerful. you know what, after the whole thing happened with my traumatic experience and everything, I knew I knew I had to tell my parents. And I didn't know how to do that, and I was really, really scared. I mean, I was like embarrassed, and I didn't know what to say, and so I had a friend come with me, and I sat down, and I told my parents what had happened, and the first thing my dad said to me was, Shayla, how could you let that happen? And in that moment, a situation that I felt like I had no control over, I didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve this, like, I don't know how this happened in my life, turned to, it's my fault. I put myself in this situation. Like, it, it just changed the whole way that I viewed that situation. And my dad never meant to hurt me or to cause pain in me, but the context of our words and how we use them are so powerful. If you think about it like this, think about a fire in a fireplace. When there's a fire in the fireplace, it's like so warm and cozy and romantic, and there's such good memories, and it's just like kumbaya by the fireplace, and it's awesome. But in the same context, that fire that's in that fireplace can burn down your house if it gets out of the context of that fireplace. And our words are the same way. Our words are helpful for building somebody up and encouraging somebody and telling them they're incredible and motivating them to go further and to do greater things in their life. But our words, if it's taken wrongly or if we say the wrong things, have the power to destroy someone's life. So I want to encourage you guys, consider your words. Think about what you're saying, how you're saying them. My next point is words reveal your heart. Matthew twelve thirty four through 37. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil that is stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. Ouch. Our words have the power to acquit us and give us freedom and give us life, but our words also have the power to chain us. The words are a symptom of the real issue and that real issue is in our heart. You know, if you guys ever, you guys have all heard that story of like, I'm hammering the hammer and I accidentally hit my hand. What comes out in those situations? good job. But it's not like, it's not like, oh joy, I just hit my hand with a hammer, and you know, this is incredible, and I want to do that again. What comes out when we're squeezed in life? When our back is up against a wall, when the situations are trying, when there's things going on around us that are so difficult, what comes out? It's a reflection of what's in our heart. And if you guys notice yourself and you're, you're tending to be negative in these situations and you're lashing out at people and you're hurting people, it's time to start examining your heart and taking a look at, at what is in here. Why am I doing these things? Why are these things coming out? Because it's a reflection of what's going on in here. And we need to begin to work on that heart issue and what's going on. I'm not saying we can't ever... F- voice our frustrations and talk to people about what's going wrong. I'm just saying, let's focus on the things that are going right. Let's focus on the things in our life that, that we have the power to speak into and that we can, we can change how we're viewing these things. Let's stop focusing on the things that don't really matter. Let's stop focusing and getting hung up on our shortcomings and our failures and our fears and all those different types of things and start focusing on who we are in Christ and who he's created us to be. So it's great that we say all this, but how do we do this? How do we change our words? How do we change the things that come out of our mouth? The first thing is we have to guard our heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You know, after I graduated high school, I had dated this guy for like four years. And it was a terrible relationship. He probably cheated on me every chance he got. He wanted to tell me all the time why I wasn't good enough and I should be somebody different and this is how I should act and this is how I should be. And I started believing All these things that he was telling me, and I started thinking, I'm not worth it. I started thinking, maybe there's nothing in my life that's good. I can't do anything well. I can't look right. I can't act right. And I just started getting into this this phase of believing a lie that somebody was telling me. And the funny thing about the word believe is in the center of the word believe is lie. And I think so many times, a lot of the time, we end up believing the lie over the truth. And we have to continuously put everything aside and begin to hold it up to the light of God's word and see what he is telling us about who we are. Because I want to tell you right now, you are not what others have said about you. If someone said you'll never be good enough, I wanna tell you that you were created in the image of God. He designed you for a purpose. He called you for a purpose. You are here for a reason and you are good enough. Maybe somebody said, you're a piece of trash, you're used goods, you'll never amount to anything. No, you're not. You are a child of God. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knitted you together for a specific purpose for a calling. And the creator of this universe is in desperate desire for relationship with you and saying, I want to use you. And I've called you for a purpose. I don't care what anybody else has said about you. You are who I've chosen to do this. So we have to guard our hearts because here's the thing. We cannot control what other people say about us but we can control what we believe. Next thing is you must control your tongue to affect your heart. I think this is sometimes is the hardest thing because what's in here and what's going on in here wants to come out so many times. We have thoughts and we're angry and I can't tell you how many thoughts come inside my head per day. And if I said every single one of them, I would be in big trouble. But I think so many times those thoughts come in and then they come out of our mouth and we clothe those thoughts with our words and we make them more powerful. And we need to consider that it's not always healthy to say those things that we're always thinking. It's just like gossip. You're frustrated with somebody, you're mad, you're angry, and you begin to gossip about them and it fuels your fire and makes you even madder. Watch the words that you're saying and what's coming out of your mouth. Because you know what? You're going to be tempted to speak negatively all the time. It's our flesh. We have to learn to be life-giving. We have to learn to build people up. We have to learn to encourage when every bit of our nature says to destroy and hurt. We have to be life-giving. We have to choose to speak words over people that are positive and that are encouraging you know, it just starts by when you're in that situation, choose to change how you respond. It doesn't just happen so many times. You have to control those things that are going on inside of you and learn how to not do those things. Ephesians 4.29, you guys should memorize this verse. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit everyone that listens. So this is kind of where your mom would tell you, bite your tongue? Yes, bite your tongue. We need to begin to bite our tongue in these situations because we end up regretting more of what we say sometimes than what we do. Because sometimes our words are a precursor to our actions. And sometimes we let those words come out of our mouth and then actions follow that. And I think that if we begin to change the words that are coming out of our mouth, our actions would change that we would begin to do things differently because we would see the fruit of our words. And when you see the fruit of your words in someone's life, when you speak something and you see someone's countenance countenance change and you see the encouragement that comes behind that, the joy that it brings to your life is incredible. And I challenge you guys, find the good in the people around you. And encourage them. Because just like you need those words, so does the person sitting next to you. And let's make a decision to change the way we respond in situations. To frame our world with our words in a good way. And to speak to our own situations. Because it just begins to transform our hearts. And I know God wants to do something incredible in each and every one of us. And I want to read this story about this guy named Tracy Bailey. He stood before a judge with his head held high, his jaw set defiantly against the sentence the judge was about to pronounce. The words of his high school wrestling coach echoed in his mind. Don't ever hang your head. Don't ever admit defeat. Tracy wouldn't hang his head, not before his ashamed and heartbroken parents, not before his shocked community, not before this judge, and certainly not before God. No one would see his pain. The citizens of Goshen, Indiana, had been stunned to learn that Tracy Bailey, captain of the wrestling team, member of the student council, good student from a church-going family, had been one of those involved, one of the teens involved in a devastating vandalism of the local high school. He had fallen with an unruly group of kids who used alcohol just to fuel their frequent petty vandalisms and thefts. But one night, these boys in a drunken frenzy had broken into the high school and tore apart whole classrooms. And now the judge, he wanted to hold them as an example to the others that were doing similar things. He wanted to make an example out of him. And Tracy was sentenced to a five-year term as a teenager. And in prison, Tracy was determined not to bend an inch. He'd be tough, he'd never admit defeat. No matter how much he was hurting inside, he was never gonna admit it. And during a stint in solitary confinement, Tracy happened to catch a glimpse of himself in the mirror and the sight shocked him. He didn't just look hardened, but deadened was more like it. And he knew that the deadness would just keep reaching down, 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 past his countenance into his very soul. And at that moment, all of his toughness melted away and the tears began to flow and he began to pray to God and admit his defeat and ask Jesus to come into his life. There's no one else to turn to. And he couldn't rely on his own reserves and his own strength anymore. Tracy didn't know how long he prayed, but he does know that God heard him. One of the guards approached him and offered him prayer and hope. Someone else gave him a Gideon Bible and told him, Tracy, you can change. You can make a difference. He joined a prison Bible study where he had encouragement from fellow inmates telling him that he could make a difference. When he was released early from the center, Tracy worked for a few months to pay off his debts and make restitution to the school he vandalized. Then he entered college, studied for an education degree in science and math, and he decided that he would pay back society by becoming a teacher. You might say that he reached that goal because in 1993, Tracy Bailey attended a special annual Teacher of the Year Award. Tracy could have believed the lie that his life would never amount to anything because of the things that he'd done. But instead, he remembered the life-giving words that people spoke into him, even in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his struggles. Your words have the power to transform, not only your situation, but the people around you. And I wanna ask you guys, what circumstances are you facing today that you need to look at a little bit differently, that you need to begin to speak through to? What are you feeling today that maybe you need to start saying something different about? Who's in your life that you're telling they can make it? I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. You know what, maybe this morning, you find yourself kind of in one of these scenarios. Either you've been beaten up by other people's words and people have said stuff about you and they've done things to hurt you with their words and it's time for you to let that stuff go. It's time for you to forgive and say, I'm not who they said I was. And if that's that's you today, I want you to look up at me for a minute. Yes. 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 Maybe there's some other of you guys out there this morning that you've been pretty destructive with your words. Maybe you've been destructive to your spouse or your family or to your friends or people around you. You've been speaking negatively about the situation that you're in. And you need to start changing the things that are coming out of your mouth. If that's you this morning, I ask that you guys look up at me. Yes. 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 Thank you so much, you guys. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, I thank you so much for everything that you've done in our lives. God, the strength that you give us, the the way that you love us. I pray, God, that today that we would recognize the things that you want to do in our life, the ways that you want to change us, and I pray that you would just begin to transform our hearts so that our words and our attitudes and the way we approach things changes. God, that you would renovate us, and I thank you, Lord God, for the gift of our words I thank you for the gift that we get to speak into other people's lives, that we can encourage, that we can build up. And God, I ask this morning that none of us would walk out of here the same, Lord God, but that our words and our attitude would be different. And we thank you and we praise you for everything that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.